Hi, everybody, and happy summer. Not only have we reached it meteorologically, that was a number of weeks ago on June the 1st, but also now astronomically as of June the 20th, Saturday, at just before 6 p.m. So it's now completely and totally official. And this is episode number 110 for Monday, June 22, 2020. And I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm a meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. Today's podcast and program is kind of special in the sense that I invited somebody on the podcast today. His name is Jeff Curry. Jeff is a materials engineer with the Alaska Department of Transportation. And you're probably wondering why I invited somebody from any Department of Transportation on a podcast, let alone from the great state, the 49th state, Alaska. Well, there's a very good reason for that. In fact, very early on, as we get into the interview, you're going to discover the very thing that triggered my desire to bring somebody on to talk about the road system in Alaska. It's a fascinating topic, and my guess is you're going to find it just as fascinating once we get into the conversation. So, without further delay, here's my interview with Jeff Curry. Jeff Curry, thank you so much for joining us from uh, the, uh, it's Fairbanks, right? Fairbanks, Alaska, yes. All right. Well, Jeff, it's great to have you on the program. We really appreciate it. We know that tomorrow being the longest day of the year, you're going to have a lot more sunlight uh, than most lower 48 U.S. cities. So happy summer to you. Uh, And as we release this podcast, it'll be a little after, but happy summer nonetheless. Well, thank you. Hopefully it doesn't rain all day. It's forecast to... uh we're forecast to get about 0.7 inches of rain, which for us is an awful lot. Yeah, I would imagine. Especially in light of recently, I listened to and heard uh, an interesting public service announcement on uh, Alaska Public Radio. There's a podcast that, that's out there that I occasionally will tune into, and it's uh, Alaska News Nightly from NPR. And about two nights ago, I heard this public service announcement. Take a listen. It's dust season in Alaska, and dust is a real health hazard, especially for our kids and elders. Dust can cause respiratory problems, coughing and sneezing, chest pain, and make it more difficult to breathe. Dust can trigger traffic accidents and interfere with subsistence activities. And while we can't do away with dust, we can help keep it down by slowing down and remembering to cover our loads when we're hauling dirt or gravel. Dust is air pollution. Driving fast on unpaved roads creates dust, so please slow down. This message sponsored by the Department of Environmental Conservation. Jeff, in light of what we just listened to, what makes dust such a notable issue in Alaska in the summertime? Well, there's a couple of big factors about dust in Alaska. Um, One is the health issues, because we have a lot of of dirt roads, um, particularly local roads, and uh, we have a, a lot of, Alaska DOT is responsible for almost 240 airports. Um, the vast majority of these are in communities uh, that don't have any uh, any other access, and so the uh, the runway, which is almost always gravel in these communities, is can be a big source of dust. Um, there's so there's the health issue, and then there's the issue of dust 
blowing up and then uh, affecting the environment around it, uh, vegetation, landing on vegetation, uh, potentially affecting animals and things like that mm -hmm. in the immediate area of, of roads and runways. And from DOT's perspective, the dust, uh, which is the fine particulates in a, a sandy gravel, is part of what holds that gravel surface together. And so we have a, a very interesting economic interest in keeping that dust where we put it, which is on the road or, or airport surface. Ah, okay. So having said the difference between a paved road and unpaved road, and you did mention that there are an awful lot of uh, gravel and unpaved roads in Alaska. Some are private, but uh, are also open to the public, I understand. What is the percentage uh, of roadways that are unpaved versus paved in Alaska? Well, of the roads that the Department of Transportation and Public Facilities is responsible for, roughly a third of those roads are unpaved, mm -hmm. and, and roughly two-thirds are paved with asphalt. Um, in my region in particular, I'm, I'm working the northern region, which is the largest by area section of, uh, of the Alaska, and we have a little over half of the, the road system. Uh, a, a, better, a larger percentage of that are probably 50% or so in my region are, uh, are gravel. Mm. And uh, like I said, the, the vast majority of the airports, uh, the runways are gravel. Wow. Uh, well, Jeff, your official position at the Department of Transportation in Alaska is something known as a materials engineer. So in the layman's terms, what exactly does a materials engineer do for the Department of Transportation in Alaska? Well, I supervise our materials section. Mm -hmm. And in my section, in our, our the northern region materials section, uh, I supervise our geologists and our drill crew. We have a drill crew that... Um, does invest geotechnical investigations for road and airport projects and looks for material with which to build those projects. Uh, I supervise and I supervise our hydraulic section, uh, the, the hydraulic engineers who design uh, the culverts um, to drain our facilities. So, so essentially when you're looking to possibly do a new roadway or even a new runway, you're actually looking for material that's right there that doesn't need to be imported in then. That's correct. That's the, the, that's the most desirable uh, condition. Uh, our material, most of our, uh, our roads and airports uh, require a fair amount of, of fill material. And that is a, usually a relatively inexpensive material to produce but transporting it, so transporting it becomes a sig very significant cost factor. And in places where there is no material available that meets our specifications, we may end up paying a lot of money mm -hmm. because we have to import it. Right. So we're trying to find material as close to the projects uh, or within the limits of the projects if possible to reduce that haul distance. It sounds like you have to be very, very resourceful in, in a state which obviously has a lot of resources, which is a good thing. So let me ask you this, Jeff. Uh, is there a pavement material difference between what is used in Alaska for the paved roads? Is it different from the pavement that we see in the lower 48 states? 
Uh, you wouldn't observe a real difference between the asphalt concrete that we pave our roads with. We, we don't have any concrete roads to mm -hmm. speak of. Mm -hmm. uh, we use asphalt, uh, asphalt concrete uh, pretty much exclusive, exclusively. But we do use different asphalt grades. The, the, the actual binder, the asphalt itself, the black tarry stuff, um, can be refined and modified into different uh, temperature ranges. And so in our region, we use a lot of what's, what's is called a, a PG52-40, which means it's designed to uh, perform correctly at minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 40 Celsius. It's the same, happens to be the same temperature, mm -hmm. uh, so, which reduces the amount of cracking because our, our it gets so cold in much of northern region that uh, when things get cold, they tend to want to contract. And as the asphalt can, on the road contracts, it develops these cracks. We call them thermal cracks. And on a lot of our old roads, as you go down the road, you, you get this every 50 feet or so, mm -hmm. there's this crack that runs perpendicular to the road. And to try to control that, we've been using uh, these modified, uh, more expensive asphalt binders. And, and it's, it's doing us a lot of good. I was going to ask, it, it must be more expensive, obviously, because it's such a specialized material. How much more expensive is it uh, compared to something that we would pay, for instance, here in Ohio? Well, in uh, our, our, our not modified oil, the oil, the, the asphalt binder that comes from the refinery mm -hmm. without any modification, which is processed from, uh, from Alaska crude off of the Trans-Alaska Pipeline, uh, is uh, what we is a grades just out of the refinery as a 52 minus 28, and that's minus 28 Celsius mm -hmm. is not cold enough for our temperatures. Uh, so to get it to a minus 52 minus uh, 52 minus 40 grade, uh, they have to add some some chemicals to make it thinner, and then to get it back up to the 52, they have to add some polymer modifiers. And that increases the cost of that asphalt binder by about 50 percent, uh, 40 or 50 percent. And then that asphalt binder represents on the order of half of the cost of the, as of the, the asphalt concrete itself. We mm. pay for it partly as the oil and partly as, ever, as the gravel and the placement and the installation. So effectively using that oil increases the overall cost by on the order of 20 or 25 percent. Well, it sounds like you're a very busy man, and it takes a lot of science uh, to make those roads the best that they can be. Is that the biggest concern for Alaska as far as the roads go, or is there something else? Um, the, at least in northern region, uh, the biggest challenge that we face is dealing with permafrost. Permafrost is ground that is that stays frozen all year long for two years or more in a row. That's how it's defined. Mm, okay. Uh, below freezing continuously. So uh, where the, uh, whereas there are lots of places in the U.S. where the ground freezes in the winter time and then thaws in the summertime, and we have that too. Uh, we also have lots of places where the ground is frozen all the time, and if it contains excess moisture, excess ice and it thaws out, then it turns into a big soupy mess. Mm, okay. And the roads settle. And that is, like I said, I think that's uh, the single biggest geotechnical challenge we have in Alaska is 
dealing with thawing permafrost. Wow. Uh, one place I would like you to take us would be a place that is formerly known as Barrow. I guess it's called Ugtiavik. Uh, I don't know if I'm... Okay, did I get the pronunciation okay? Pretty, pretty close. Utkiagvik is, uh, is the pronunciation that we all struggled with when they first changed the name, but <laughs> I happen to be, I happen to, my, my wife uh, works at the, the Alaska, University of Alaska Fairbanks uh, Native Language Center, and so I happen to know the uh, Inupiat instructor at uh, UAF, so I asked him to confirm my, <laughs> my pronunciation. So I think I'm pretty close. <laughs> well, excellent. Uh, well, up in a place called, formerly called uh, Barrow, now Uktiavik, uh, there are uh, probably more unpaved roads than paved roads. There are a couple of webcams up there, and occasionally I'll uh, peruse them, but I see very few paved roads. Is that because the weather at the North Slope is just so cold in the wintertime? Well, um they are about to get their first paved road. Oh! Uh, yes, Akavak Street is 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 in its final stages of design and will be uh, the first paved road in Barrow. Their airport is paved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a pretty important airport, uh, but uh, they're getting their first paved road. And part of the challenge with paving in Barrow is that it's logistically very difficult to get to. Right. One of the fly-in only places and it's so far north that the sea ice prevents barges from getting there except for a couple of months out of the year. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. That was my next question because there are no roads from uh, from the North Slope towns to Fairbanks. There, there are just none, correct? Well, there is, uh, there's the Dalton Highway mm-hmm. goes from well, it goes from the Elliott Highway and essentially is part of the Elliott Highway um, from Fairbanks to Dead Horse, which is the, the community outside of Prudhoe Bay, the Prudhoe Bay oil fields. Okay. And that, that road supports the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System, which more or less runs parallel to it, and it supports all of the oil construction and development work on the North Slope. It's very, very critical to Alaska's uh, economy. We call it the road to the bank. But once you get to Prudhoe Bay... Then there are some private roads within the Prudhoe Bay oil fields that the oil uh, companies themselves built and control, but there is no way to drive all the way to Barrow, Utkiagvik, except there have been folks who have done it in the wintertime on the sea ice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Boy, talk about having to really think through uh, your transportation plans if uh, you plan on heading to the North Slope for business or any other uh, purpose. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to wrap things up uh, with a couple of personal questions. Are you a native of Alaska? I am not. I moved to Alaska in uh, 1986, so I've lived here more than half my life. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? I'm originally from California. Mm-hmm. Moved around a lot when I was a little kid, but I more or less grew up in the L.A. area. Now, what kept you in Alaska? Obviously, you must like it. I, I do. When I moved to Alaska, I came up to the University of Alaska Fairbanks to complete my mechanical engineering degree and didn't, did not intend to, uh, to stay. But after a year or so, I just fell in love with the place. Mm. And uh, over, over time, life has happened. And Yes, my wife and I are very happy here and have no intentions of going anywhere. (laughs) 
Now, did you meet your wife in Alaska, or is yeah. she? Oh, very, very good. Yeah, she is an Alaska native. That's that's a fascinating story because you hear that happen so often. People go up to the forty ninth state, and then they just don't want to leave. It's uh, it must be a really enchanting place. Um, what do you like most about living in the forty ninth state of the union? Wow. Um, and it, it, odd as it sounds, it, I like the I like the weather we have mm-hmm. in, in Fairbanks in the interior. We uh, have nice warm summers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have great weather in the summertime most of the time. It's raining today and in the next couple of days, but mostly we have nice weather in the summertime. The temperatures can get ninety is ninety is a very hot day, but uh, we have lots of days in the seventies or eighties. In the winter time, it's cold, but you can dress for the cold. And I like doing stuff outdoors as well. And the cold kills all the mosquitoes, so that's a plus. <laughs> um, so it, it's great, but it's great because it's open. It's not crowded. Uh, the people are very friendly. And, jeez, uh, if I tell too many people, if I say this to too many people, more folks will come up here. So. <laughs> It's the best kept, kept uh, secret, uh, according to a lot of folks that have moved uh, up to Alaska. And uh, your story is is very, very common. And uh, so thank you so much for, for telling us about what you do, but also telling us about uh, yourself and your story and how you ended up staying in Alaska. Well, you're, you're quite welcome. Jeff, I hope that you'll come back sometime if you ever think of anything that might interest our very scientific listeners on Weather Jazz. I hope you'll drop me a line and we'll make arrangements to get you back on the podcast as quickly as we can. Sounds good, Andre. Well, I hope that you found that just as fascinating as I did. And it all started with that public service announcement on Alaska road dust. Well, I have a few other surprises in the Weather Jazz production pipeline. I'm working on bringing some more great weather and science topics to light in near future episodes, and even one episode that departs from the usual science or weather-driven topics with someone that many of you are familiar with, my recently retired television news cohort and partner, the one and only Bill Martin, who's now in Florida. You'll not want to miss any of it. So be sure to subscribe via whatever podcast app you use or via weatherjazz.com. And if you enjoy Weather Jazz, please spread the word to your social media sphere of influence. I would really appreciate that. And we'll see you soon with a new episode of Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. Jazz Pop!